0: 93 W.I.B.C. It is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Casey's here. And Casey, there is so much drama and, it, well, quite frankly, needless drama going on here in Indiana on whether Nikki Haley is going to be allowed to run for president in the mm-hmm. state of Indiana.
1: Yes, correct. And it's becoming there's like subplots that are starting to build within the story.
0: And it blows my mind because it isn't even going to matter by the time we get here because the Indiana primary is in May mm-hmm. and the presidential primary is the same time as everybody else running, and she has as much chance of being viable by then as you or I do, and Mm -hmm. we're not running. But yet, Jim Banks and Trump Mm -hmm. and all these people are just totally dug in on uh, Nikki Haley not being able to run for president. In Like, they've made it a focal point of their lives. Now,
1: some people are saying that they think that uh, the Trump camp got... Incorrect information based on a lack of knowledge, and he kind of went with that. I, I don't know if I subscribe to that theory. I almost feel like they're using this as a talking point to go forward to say, hey, Nikki Haley couldn't even get on Indiana, which is a true red state.
0: All right, so there's so much going on. Did she get the signatures in Marion County? Did she not get the signature signatures in Marion County? I said we got to cut through all the baloney mm-hmm. and we got to bring an expert in, yes. who can tell us what's going on. And uh, longtime listeners of this show, well, no, this guy is a friend of the show. He's one of the few people in government I actually like because we he's found another one. he's very competent. <laughs> he is the clerk. <laughs> he is is an elections expert. Actually, he is a, a, a elected official. Mm-hmm. He is the clerk in Knox County. His name is David Shelton. David, hello. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Okay. So so you are, uh... You know you're very competent. You're very fair. In full disclosure, you're cheer. You're a banks Trump guy, right? So I, I mean, we put all that out there. But you're you're a very fair person, and you say as of right now, Nikki Haley has those signatures. She has them
2: just barely here in the seventh district. Uh, last I checked, right at 500, which is the
0: threshold. Okay. So what do you look at? Because people are going signatures. What is this? How does this work? This is our great opportunity for us to educate. Mm-hmm. You have to have 500 verified signatures in all nine congressional districts to run for president. Is that right? That's correct. And what is a verified signature? Can you educate our audience on what in the world even a verified signature is? A verified signature is from a voter who
2: is currently registered in their county of residency, and the address that the petitioner puts on the form has to match their voter registration as well. Yep. You know, people a lot of people move. They they fly by night, move here, move there. Yeah. And if they put the incorrect address that does not match their voter registration, then those signatures are not counted.
0: Okay, so John Rust was here yesterday and he was talking about how he turned in 17,000 signatures, but 11,000 were verified. At what where does the Where does do the signatures get unverified? Is it in Marion County? Like, if let's say Nikki Haley turned in six hundred signatures, would Marion County unverify the ones that you're talking about that shouldn't be included? Like, how do they get unverified?
2: That's how that's how it's worked. Sorry, that's how it works out. Yes, Um, you have bipartisan teams that review all signatures. You know, so not one side or the other has a heavier hand, and you just verify that they are currently registered in that county.
1: So when you say verified, it's actually somebody looking at the signature, matching the name for the address. This is like the uh, 2000 election with hanging chads. People are sitting there looking at every single one.
2: It's very similar to that. And this is, you know, I'm going to kind of go off the the rails a little bit here. This is why... Paper ballot and hand tabulation can't work because there's too much room for human error in mm-hmm. interpreting all this information. Um, again, you have to have the name correct, the address correct. We also have the date of birth on those forms, which can be used to help verify if you can't read the writing But uh, there's a lot open to interpretation, and for the most part, people write really fast. They don't want to be bothered with it. Sure. You know, these people at the malls or wherever, and you can't read the writing, or they'll just simply put incorrect information just so they can move on with their lives that day.
1: So this is a, a case where somebody is saying, hey, will you sign this so that I can be on the ballot? Yeah, yeah, sure. And they just sign away quickly. Now, you were saying that there was an instance where you believe that Nikki Haley had 502 signatures, but two of them got booted out because it was a relative situation. Tell our listeners about that, that's if you can.
2: It, that's what it appeared like. I had a, a voter with a certain last name, a certain first name, let's say Brittany, mm-hmm. signed the petition. Brittany listed a date of birth that didn't match her voter registration, but the address was, I'm sorry, Brittany had a a date of birth that matched a voter registration in Floyd County, not Marion County, but the address that they used matched the same last name. So it looked like they kind of combined two different people, Mm -hmm. one from Floyd, one from Marion, and and signed it and tried to pass it off as a good Marion County signature. And we were able to, uh, through open source uh, social media searches, find that these two ladies were, were related and connected on Facebook.
1: So what do you do with those signatures? Do they count or do they not count?
2: That one does not count because okay. the name and the address did not match. Okay. That, that is the, the key right there. If the name and address the, don't match, you can't count those
0: signatures. David Shelton is our guest. He is the clerk of Knox County. We're trying to explain to people how convoluted mm-hmm. our statewide election eligibility processes. And this is true not just for president. We're talking about Nikki Haley right now. But this is true for... For U.S. Senate, mm-hmm. and this is true for governor as well. Can we all agree this is like this is the worst way possible to decide whether someone should be able to run for president? Think about the time everyone is wasting looking and it could,
1: up on social media if this person is legit,
0: and it could come down to one signature. I mean, this is this is horrible. Are, can we all agree on that? It could use some tweaking. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you know, I actually have a, sol- a solution. Perfect. To this problem. I'd love to hear it. All right, so. Currently, people can register to vote. They can change the registration information online at indianavoters.com. Right. Uh, Your information, your digital signature is imported from the Indiana BMV. That's how you can do the digital signatures. Why not format that website to accept electronic petition signatures. you wouldn't be able to harvest them like ballot harvesting you would still have to specifically specifically go to a candidate's petition page and you could sign electronically that would eliminate any of the guesswork on the clerks it would decrease the amount of work that the clerks have to do because they would be Mm pre-certified through indiana voters i love that because this is stupid
0: and and we talked about this many many times on this show That you got to have an army of people to go out and get these signatures. It's not, there's some merit to saying, look, we don't, as Abdul said, we don't want our uh, ballots to look like a CVS receipt. But there's got to be something between CVS receipt and this stupid, pointless (laughs) fight. By the way, you're friends with banks, you're a Trump supporter. Why are they so invested in this? It ain't going to matter. Can you get the insight into why they are so into trying to keep Nikki Haley from being on the Indiana ballot running for president.
2: I really can't give you any insight in that at all. Uh, Me personally, as as an election administrator, I'd welcome the competition. I like to see a contested presidential ballot in the primary because it would help the down ballot uh, candidates. What and does help that the mean? Uh, you're just local races, you know, county council, uh, your commissioners. If you have a presidential ballot that's contested, more people going to show up to turn either to vote for Trump or to vote against him. You know, he's he's uh, kind of polarizing. I don't know if you've noticed <laughs> that or not. I've and, heard something and, about that. Yeah, and, and there's not a whole lot of gray area for him. You either love him or you hate him, and it brings
0: out the voters. Okay, you know? so. You you're, one of the things a clerk does, for people who don't know, you oversee local elections. So in Knox County, you're the guy who you're kind of in charge of, of administering elections, overseeing elections. I mean, you have other duties, but that's a major thing, right? Correct. And you are, uh, I know you take great pride in, hey, I call it down the middle, it's balls and strikes. If you're in, you're in, you're out, you're out. Democrat, Republican, whatever, I don't care. When you've got the sitting secretary of state Endorsing candidates and declaring them the winner doesn't that make your job harder? Like when Diego comes out and says Jim Banks the next senator from the state of Indiana, and you know there's likely going to be a primary. Don't you and your fellow clerks across the state, because there's 92 of you guys and girls, you got to be going shut up, just stop because we're trying to do our jobs here.
2: It was definitely not a good optic for for that to happen. Um, I will tell th- your listeners that. Uh, The Secretary of State has no direct influence on how we tabulate votes or anything like that, you know, so that will not sway anything uh, when it comes to tabulating votes on that election.
1: One other thing we need to mention about the Secretary of State's office. Yeah. We've been talking about how he's been touring around the counties and handing out big fat checks and 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 having his name on top of the check like it's coming directly from his own pocket. Um, You are saying that you pay for that money, and it's just a reimbursement check? This isn't even free money?
2: That, that's correct. We have to pay for whatever project that we're mm-hmm. wanting to do and then submit proof of payment for those projects to the Secretary of State's
0: office, and then we get reimbursed. So, so, Casey, much- Casey, well, Casey, this is going to shock you. It appears, and who would have thought this? Diego may have an issue with honesty.
1: Well, it's, so <laughs> it—, it Shocking! My shocked face. But it appears what he is essentially doing is touring around the states, yes. handing out receipts.
0: Uh, Casey, that would it, I think you might you might be, you might be getting somewhere with that, and we don't want to subject David to yeah. any of our opinions because okay. he's very fair. But real quick, so right now it is your opinion. Now this, as they say in pro wrestling, card subject to change. Mm-hmm. But right now, Nikki Haley has the signatures necessary in Marion County pending some sort of new development it's subject to a challenge it's like a candidate
2: challenge on down the line but uh, uh- all petitions had to be turned in for the presidential race by noon on January 30th. However, there's no set deadline for the counties to actually process those other than the noon Friday, this Friday's mm-hmm. deadline to file your candidacy. So it's unlikely that any more are going to be found here in Marion County. Uh, when the social media posts went out saying that she wasn't going to qualify here, you know that just uh, turned a magnifying glass on Marion County. Um, at that time, I believe her count was at 433 last thursday and the the bipartisan teams there in marion county they went over everything again and again and again and it grew to 502 then they met again monday and uh, they had some internal challenges it wasn't a formal challenge process but again with the bipartisan team they
0: reviewed those challenges and, and threw two of those out all right We found somebody fair. We we found somebody I like. I always get, you're so mean to these politicians. We found what I like.
1: Aren't you so special and lucky? (laughs) I'm still a public servant. (laughs) David,
0: (laughs) David, thank you. You're the best. Thank you.
1: It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. One Minutes After 10 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch, she has called for an independent outside audit of the FSSA. And that follows that $1 billion Medicaid overspend, error, accounting mistake, whatever we're going to call it. But it has uh, triggered a review of the agency programs.
0: All right. So Suzanne is going to be here tomorrow. Mm -hmm. 10.30 to 11 is what I was told. And that will be uh, a fascinating conversation. Mm -hmm. And I would guess she is prepared for that. She knows the questions she's going to get. I mean, we're going to ask her about, uh, you know, how would you grade how the governor's done? Um, I mean, we're just putting it out here right now. It's Mm -hmm. like she didn't know it anyway. You you know, did you support a million people being put out of work? Did you support tens of thousands of businesses being closed? Did you support Holcomb trying to put you, put people in jail for not wearing a mask? Did you support a VIP meet and greet with a domestic terrorist, Malik Muhammad? Um, yeah, I mean, nothing we haven't talked how about. She,
1: how is she going to separate herself well, right. from that administration? Right.
0: I mean, that, that's going to be the interview. And mm-hmm. I think she knows she's got to do this because polling shows that she's very clearly linked with this guy. hmm and rightfully so, because the reason we call her silent Suzanne is she's been totally silent for seven, going on eight years now as this guy. And if you were against the, I mean, there's two answers here. There are only two answers. Either I was for these things, which, okay, that if that's it, you're, I think we know your campaign is done if she comes in here. You got to own it then. says I support that. Mm-hmm. Or I was against it. And if you're against it, then the question has to be, why did you not speak out? And- how do we know then if you were against these things and had the ability to speak out and didn't do it then why why would we think you're going to speak out now i mean she knows the questions we're going to ask her and and i've said this many many times i worked very briefly uh for suzanne crouch when she was the state auditor and we were paired together through no fault of either of ours (laughs) and it was fine Uh, she was very nice suzanne is very nice i like suzanne personally Mm -hmm. but I have no idea how she's gonna answer those questions. I'm sure she's preparing for it, and I like her personally, but yikes. And this is another thing. Everybody knew what Holcomb was doing during COVID. He didn't hide it towards the end. I mean, he kept these emergency declarations going, when you had people going to bars and restaurants and football games, and he at the end said, it's because of all the federal money that's coming in, and that money, much of it is going, to keep able bodied people through a legalized vote buying process on insurance rolls that they have no b- taxpayer funded insurance rolls that they have no business being on. Mm-hmm. And we were looking at that time going, this is insanity. You cannot, the federal money is not going to last forever. The COVID money will eventually dry up. And then once the COVID money dries up, then how are you going to fund all of these people who you've put on the taxpayer funded insurance program? You can't do it. So how did she not know that?
1: Yeah, well, and she said that it's really important that the $1 billion accounting error that the FSSA made uh, not be put on the backs of the families and children that it's affecting. So we also need to ask her, what is her plan for that? Where is that money going to come from? On top of the fact that she has announced that she wants to axe the state's income tax so hopefully specifically she will answer these questions
0: the, the, this interview she does tomorrow will be the most important interview she will do the entire campaign because everybody will be listening she knows she's going to get questions that she doesn't get anywhere else and I think that's why she's coming in to do it mm-hmm. I think she knows she's got to answer these questions I have no idea what her answer is going to be to these things and the people like it's not gonna be some screaming match. Our interviews are never that way. No, here's
1: the question. What's your answer? I mean, she's got to answer the question about how she's going to reconcile to restore that Medicaid money. She didn't. She was asked it the other day. She didn't answer. and,
0: And this is the major issue that she has is no one believes when you spend seven years supporting one budget after another that grows government in size, in scope, in cost, in taxation, When you are at the very best silent as that's going on, nobody believes you're going to be some slash, you know, you know, slashing spending. I mean, and this is a great example. Okay, you don't want these parents of disabled kids to have their reimbursement cut. Cool. Then where are you going to find the billion dollars Mm -hmm. because you were supportive or at least silent at best? as Holcomb was doing this. And again, Susan Crouch as the lieutenant governor and state auditor before that and state rep before that and a county auditor before that, she should know way more about government than the guy who does the radio show for three hours a day. And if I can see that from the beginning and go, this is not going to end well, then how did she not see it? And if she did see it and didn't speak out, this is the problem with her for everything is either you knew it and you agreed with it or you knew it and you didn't say anything publicly and object to it, and I'm not sure
1: how you thread that 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 needle. And neither of those options are very good. Can I say something real quick? Are we going to ask her about property taxes?
0: Uh, we're going to try to get through as much. We got to talk to our boss when we get done too, because we're going to have to move some stuff around. Because I don't know how we're going to get through all this in 30 minutes. We'll do we'll do our best, but. Um, I have to touch on something and we're going to have this woman on Monday. Casey, this is the most incredible thing I've ever seen in Indiana politics that happened and it's totally gone under the radar. Yeah. Jamie Rittenauer got those signatures mm-hmm. to run for governor yeah. on the Republican side.
1: With about eight cents in her bank account. Yeah, so it- she worked to get those signatures. She did not pay for them now remember we so
0: everybody's been talking about the big five right it's curtis hill it's suzanne it's it's uh chambers it's doden it's braun mm-hmm. and this lady jamie Rittenauer, mm-hmm. who we had on our show a long time ago uh, at the very beginning when she mm-hmm. announced she was going to run mm-hmm. said i'm going to run and we kind of chuckled and said well good luck because it's almost impossible unless you're a hyper connected politician mm-hmm. with millions in your bank account or super rich like a like a john Russ."
1: and she's neither of those no
0: but i i was Told yesterday by someone because she got more signatures than Curtis Hill did. She got like six thousand signatures, wow. which is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, that her grassroots is one of the most powerful things ever. Like just pure grassroots is one of those powerful movements ever, probably in Indiana politics and government. And she got those signatures. And remember, she told us she said God told me I'm supposed to run for governor, and I'm going to win. And you know me, I'm an immense believer, Mm -hmm. but it was like, well, I hope God told you how you're going to get those 4,500 signatures because that ain't cheap or easy. And she blew that out of the water and everybody should be talking about this. We're going to have her on Monday okay? because this is the, I mean, good on her. That's great that
1: she got those signatures. It is exciting. And I hope she's celebrating that as a win because as I sit here, I don't see her Winning the governorship. Well, but However, we also didn't see her getting the signature. Exactly. Case. So never say never, I guess. And she is by far, and here, here is
0: why I'm cheering for her. She is the only person I've seen thus far that has a pulse in this race. Mm. And she is by far the most entertaining of all the candidates. She
1: also seems to be the one who's got a, a clear message of what she's trying yeah. to accomplish.
0: Yeah. I, I, um... Don't sleep on it's this It's inter- interesting. It's a huge uphill battle. I mean, you've got Chambers and Braun and Doden who are infinitely wealthy, spending millions of dollars. I it mean, is
1: very much a David and Goliath scenario. But she
0: got those signatures, and that is unbelievable, and nobody is talking about it, and everybody totally should be, because that was absolutely incredible.
1: Okay, we've got to get to your voicemails, and we will do that next on 93 WIBC.
0: It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails, brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at
4: 317-559-PAIN.
1: if you'd like to contribute, 317- 684-8444. It is 1034 with Kendall and Casey on 93WIBC. So, earlier this morning when we first got on the air, we had a conversation about the Republican Party. Of course, we talked about many things. Uh, None of these candidates, none of these border bills. And to start off the voicemail segment, we're going to hear from Indiana Joe, who actually lives in Texas. That makes sense. Sure. (laughs) uh, Absolutely. He wanted to make a comment about the Republican Party.
3: Hi, Robin Casey. This is uh, Indiana Joe down in Texas and listening to your rant about the Republican Party. And I totally agree with you, especially since I read an article last night that one of their primary focuses in Congress is they will, they're spending $40,000 on new lapel pins because they don't like the colors of the old ones. Well, maybe you could stick this in uh, Victoria Spars' bonnet if uh, she came up with that for a campaign. And I think she should offer up. They want to get a Repu- They want to get an elephant that has Bozo the Clown's head on it. I think that should be the new symbol of the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. Have a great day.
1: Doesn't it seem like any one of them could do so much better if they just stuck to their promise of not spending money?
0: This is always the thing that baffled me as an elected person: is that if you run on something.
1: Mm-hmm. Do it. And, and you win. Yeah.
0: You said, I'm going to do the thing. Mm-hmm. And I remember somebody one time telling, because say whatever you want about me, I was the master mm-hmm. at doing exactly what I told people I was going to do. And I one time somebody told me I did something and they said, well, we didn't think you meant it.
1: Well, why would I say it? Mm-hmm. Because that's what people are used to. That's I, mean, it's,
0: I said it because I'm going to do it. I want you to vote for me knowing I'm going to do this. And so then when I win, I have the mandate to do this thing, which it was working. And yet all of these politicians, they they run on this thing and then they win and then they get in there and go, well, you know, I got to find a middle ground. I got I got to this. I got to that.
1: No, you don't. That's because the donors and lobbyists get their hooks. In you're you're a hundred
0: percent. You're a hundred percent right. And it just it is. Um, the reason our show is popular is because people are fed up with this crap. They're fed up with the crap. They're fed up with the Republicans lying to them. I got another message from some guy today. "Uh, I can't believe that you did. Then stop lying. Just tell them to stop lying. Why didn't the Republicans run on, hey, we believe wholeheartedly in the Biden level spending from 2022. And if you elect us to the House of Representatives, we'll keep all that spending. If that's what they wanted to do, why didn't they run on that? They didn't run on that because the American people don't want that. Mm-hmm. The American people elected them to the House of Representatives to fix the issue. And yet there are people, and it amazes me, who would rather be mad at us for pointing out how you have been lied to and misled by, in this case, the Republicans, than the Republicans who are actually doing the lying and the misleading. Mm-hmm. I just it, it blows my mind this tribalism stuff, and people get so wed to these political parties that they will defend anything, including just people who are absolutely fail to follow through on every promise that they make.
1: So we had uh, we, we now have at 11.20 every day a uh, new segment. Oh, yeah. It's the Good Time Happy Hour with Rob Kendall mm. and where you're positive. And we were talking about Pizza King the other day. Oh, yeah. And so uh, here is some Pizza King trivia.
3: So I heard you guys talking about Pizza King and I wanted to give you guys a little fun fact about Pizza King. Um, actually, there are two separate Pizza Kings Um, Most people don't know that. I guess they were originally owned by two brothers or something like that, and they decided to split ways. So that's why some of them have trains and some of them don't. Some of them you used to be able to get on a little phone and call to the kitchen and order your pizza, and some of them don't. Um, And then some have their mascot or symbol or whatever as an actual, like, Cartoonish King, Mm -hmm. and some of them don't. And supposedly there's uh, an—you can get on Google or something—and there's actually a map of Indiana, and it shows you which Pizza King company is which, like where their territory is all divided up at. Hmm. So, just a little fun fact about what you guys were talking about the other day.
0: Yeah, they actually touched on that in the article about the guy when he died and I think what happened they didn't go into a lot of detail on it because obviously it's a high level obituary piece but I think what happened was when he sold the the original guy when he sold the Pizza Kings he somehow formed a company mm-hmm. with another guy the guy who bought the, the, the company and that's where the split happened again the article didn't go into a lot of detail on that again it was just a very high level on this guy that that passed away but it was uh yeah i think that's why some of them are are different
1: i wonder which one's more successful the pizza king with the train the pizza king without the train
0: uh there is a there is a pizza there is a pizza king in avon Mm -hmm. that i used to go to a whole bunch as a kid i assume it is still there off of uh 267 uh man, Pizza King was the place Mm -hmm. when I was a kid. Mm
1: -hmm. I used to go there when uh, I was in South Bend, and every time the ratings came out, I would take uh, a couple of the people to the Pizza King, and we would lay out all the numbers in front of us and dissect it, so it was a a tradition that we would go to Pizza King afterwards and see how well we were doing. We should do that here, Rob. Every time the ratings come out, we go to Pizza King, and we either celebrate or we drown our sorrows in pizza. I, uh... (laughs) Of course, it'll be celebrating.
0: Look, I, I realize I am basically... <laughs> I have basically become old man who yells at clouds mm-hmm. at this phase of my existence. But do you find yourself or have you found yourself where you look at things that are and then you think of things that were mm-hmm. and then you recognize the thing that are will no longer ever be the thing that were. <laughs> does that make sense? I mean, that's yes. horrible grammar I just yes. went through there. But does that is that coherent?
1: Yes, yeah. I totally understand. I believe the word you're looking for is nostalgic.
0: Well, I was, uh, am, was, are, mm-hmm. whatever, whatever uh-huh. grammatical tense we're using here into Bob Dylan music. And that when I was a kid, there was a, Bob Dylan's Dream was a, the name of the song and it's on the Freewheel and Bob Dylan album, which is one of his very early albums. And it, it's all about him remembering his life and his youth and his friends. And the the, the final line of the the song is $10,000 at a drop of a hat. I'd give it all gladly if our lives could be like that. Mm -hmm. And as a kid, you're like, wow, that's. I don't know what that means, but I like that. And now as an adult, I'm like, I totally know what that I means. I get it.
1: Uh, so, Victoria Sparks earlier this week did a flip-flop, and she previously said she wasn't going to run again, and then she came out this week and said, no, I am going to run again. And so, here's another phone call about that. Hey,
3: Rob, uh, about Victoria Sparks, I really think you need to take some ownership on this one. Because if you remember, she served two terms in the house, and I really think she heard your rant about Bouchon and Penn and their three terms to get the retirement benefits. And, and I think she heard that, and she felt inspired to get those retirement benefits. Mm-hmm.
1: That's why she changed her mind.
0: I love that. Yeah, because what is it? It's got to be – got to be 62 years old and have served six – Years mm-hmm. in the House of Representatives, sixty-two years old. I think I is the number. I don't think she's there. No, but I, I don't. And I, I would guess the um, once you turn sixty-two, if you've mm-hmm. served six years, then your thing kicks in.
1: Okay, so, so maybe that's why she wants the benefits.
0: There's look, if you live in her district, there's no way you can vote for her. Absolutely none. I mean, you got four or five different other options to choose from. You cannot reward that behavior. No mm-hmm. way. No way. No way. No.
1: 12 minutes in front of 11, you're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Hammer's in the studio. Good morning. Everybody in here looks so attractive today. Casey got mm-hmm. her hair did. I did.
5: Nige got, or Nige, Rob got his hair cut mm-hmm. over here. So did Kevin. Kev, well, he's getting ready to go on his uh, European vacation. Yeah, he's got to He's going to be it. Rusty Griswold in European vacation. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to look fresh <laughs> over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so all week long, we've got a couple different contests we're doing on our show. We're giving away Barry Manilow tickets which I think is awesome. And we've also got tickets to give away to go see Luke Bryan. Right. Luke Bryan! And our old producer, (laughs) Kyle, used to do the most hilarious Luke Bryan impression. It was so bad, it was funny, right? So we decided to have him come by yesterday and record a little bit for us, and we played a game. And I want to have you play the same game, Casey. Oh, no know your u.s history you're making me so nervous the caller we had on got four out of five okay okay four out
1: of five that's a b right Well, our listeners are very smart
5: yeah and so were you (laughs) you're very smart very beautiful only when i'm prepared talented woman thank you so let's see how many you can get rob before we get into this over under set at four will she do better worse or pushed than the caller
0: well, I can't say she'd do worse. I got to work with her, so you can I, say
1: I'll do worse because no. I I have little faith in myself. I
0: mean, I want you to do worse, but <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> we make these questions fairly <laughs> yeah, that's easy. What I'm saying. I know saying. I know the questions you do. They're going to be
1: like obviously easy, yeah, and I'm going to sound really ridiculous. You try
0: to get people to win, so I'm going to say over. I'll say you will get all five. Okay. I'm, cheering, I'm cheering for you to get less, right. but I, I think you'll get all five. Oh
5: boy! Know your U.S. Okay. history with Luke Bryan. Okay. Question number one.
4: I'm Luke Bryan! This man was the second president of the USA! His son later became the president too. I'm Luke Bryan! Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who are we talking about? John Adams. Yay! Woo! One it, down. It,
0: does it make me a bad partner that I totally thought you were gonna miss that?
1: Did you? The caller <laughs> did miss that yesterday. Oh, no! It's questionable if I'm going to get any more, honestly. The caller missed
5: it, but then he ran the table. All right? So the hard one, I think, is out of the way, Casey.
4: Okay. Number two. Mm -hmm. This is Luke Bryan. (laughs) On June 6th, 1944, the Allied invasion of Normandy (laughs) happened in Operation Overlord. This special day has been given a nickname. What day is this known as? I'm Luke Bryan. <laughs> Luke Bryan. It's D-Day. D-Day. There yeah. you go. Woo. We're rolling. See, you're okay. cooking. You're okay. cooking with fire.
1: You know what's so funny is I even wrote down Operation Overlord on my paper. <laughs> so I'm thinking about U.S. history, and I thought maybe that would be a question. I you're taking notes
5: over here, like <laughs> <Yeah>. this <laughs> is a professor at Harvard or something. Oh, here. I
1: told you I like to be prepared. Okay, go ahead. What's number, number three. three? I'm Luke Bryan.
4: (laughs) I sing country music. The bombing of Pearl Harbor in 1941 saw the United States enter what war? I'm Luke Bryan.
1: Oh, come on. World War Two.
4: Yes.
1: Yes.
4: <laughs> You're rolling. He's <laughs> so good at that.
5: He's better than actual Luke Bryan. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch a concert of Kyle doing mm-hmm. Luke Bryan. <laughs> and I, like it's better than any cover band.
4: All right. Let's see if you can run the table here. Okay. Number four. I'm Luke Bryan. Before there was a United States of America, there were colonies owned by Great Britain. Mm-hmm. How many colonies were there? I'm Luke Bryan, and I'm not wearing sleeves. I'm Luke <laughs> Bryan. like the way he keeps saying his name. Luke Bryan. 13, 13 colonies. 13
1: original colonies. Okay, so it's tied, right? Yes. You get one more for the win. Okay. okay? You
5: get this right. We're going to throw a celebration.
1: I'm so proud of myself so far.
5: Question number
4: five. (laughs) I'm Luke Bryan. John F. Kennedy was shot in the head and died during a visit to what U.S. city? I'm Luke Bryan. That's so awful. (laughs) It's Dallas, by the way. Can we just just play him that last clip again just one more time? (laughs) I'm Luke Bryan. John F. Kennedy was shot in the head. And died during a yeah, visit to what U.S. city? I'm Luke Bryan.
0: Well, well. I mean, it's it's not funny, but.
1: No, it's not funny. Uh, I've actually been there to the, you know. The book depository? The book depository, yeah. yeah. The grassy knoll, the whole thing.
0: Can yeah. you take, uh, is there like a tour? Is there a museum? Is there some sort of. Were Oswald mm-hmm. in the in the school book depository? Is there yeah. like a thing you can go up and see? Yeah. Or?
5: yeah, there's a whole tour. It's an audio tour.
0: Wow, that's crazy.
5: Have yeah. they like kept it like preserved or have they like changed it around? Do we know? No, I. Well, yeah. I mean, they've changed around. Does it still look like it did when Lee Harvey Oswald got up there? Like that floor, the grass
1: does for sure. Outside, we're talking about the inside. Inside the building, no, it's not. I don't give two rats' ass about the grass, Casey.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Here I am, I hyped you up for getting five out of five for the trivia. I'm trying to ask you about the physical place where Lee Harvey Oswald was. You're giving me tips on irrigation. Did you see that people are saying that Brock Purdy looks like him? Lee Harvey Oswald? Oh, Sean Payton is Lee Harvey Oswald. Let's not get it twisted.
4: (laughs) Stop right there. Full stop. This doesn't feel like a
5: celebration. Sean Payton is Lee Harvey Oswald, and nobody can change my mind otherwise. Okay. Hey, uh, how about those Hoosiers last night? Look at that. A rare win. And if you're Ohio State... I get it's a rebuilding year, so to speak. But boy, Chris Holtman, you
0: got swept by Indiana this year. You were totally disinterested during that game. I I was watching that game and just thought the coach for Ohio State doesn't seem to care at all. He seems annoyed. He has to be there. Isn't it refreshing when it's the other team? Isn't it kind of refreshing when you see it on the
5: other sideline? But no, good win for the Hoosiers. And again, John Herrick was great on the broadcast. Fish was phenomenal. And this Saturday, uh, the Hoosiers travel to West Lafayette. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, the point spread is not out yet. If 20. I had to guess, twenty. it's not going to be that high. You don't think it'll be 20? I think it's going to be anywhere from 14. 14-15.
0: that's my guess what do we what do we do with that I mean I hate betting against IU but I think Purdue's going try to try to blow them out right <laughs> especially
5: yeah. in their own house exactly. where they lost yeah. last
0: year yeah that was that game where hood Shafino scored a gajillion points wasn't it right and hood Shafino
5: and Trace Jackson Davis ain't walking out of that tunnel right now yeah so. I
0: um I yeah, boy, we got to do something with that, and I don't know what to do with that. But we'll see what the line is, and then we'll go. We'll go. From Hat there. tip
5: to the Indiana Pacers. I did a little live betting last night, mm-hmm. and uh, live betting the NBA. This is kind of where it's at. It's almost like you're playing the stock market. You find a team that you think is going to win, ideally at home. Let them get down early. And because it's the NBA and everybody makes a run, you live bet at that moment. Bada bing, bada boom. We're cashing
0: tickets. What's coming up this afternoon?
5: Uh, Senator Mike Braun will call in ahead of this weird vote system that they've got going on for the, quote, border bill. Border stuff. We're going to get his thoughts on the bill, Mitch McConnell, and everything in between. And Tony Kennett will join us as well.
1: Thank you hammer it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC